Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Opinion Podcast. I'm Jenny Graham with the editor. I'm the editorial's editor with Salsa World, and I am here with Lisa Kennedy Lawrence, and she is. Uh, she runs, started, created the Birthday Fairy, and we'll, that's what we're going to talk about. It's the column I wrote about for this weekend that everyone should read, and a mutual friend introduced this to me, and so it deserves attention. And that's why I have Lisa as a guest this week. And I'll just start with um, explain a little bit what the Birthday Fairy Project is. All right. Thank you so much, Jenny, for, for doing this and, and uh, giving this project the attention that it, it does deserve. Uh, it's, it's not my kind of thing to, to do something public like this, but I do believe the issue is really important. So um, after Uvalde, I uh, pretty much couldn't get over uh, the, the ramifications of that event, even though there were others before that that were equally disturbing. And uh, it just kind of stayed with me. And uh, so I decided to kind of start looking for things that I could do. And I uh, just trying to think of a way to approach the issue in a unique way. I, it kind of struck me that these events happen and they dominate our attention for a few days on the news and then they kind of disappear and we don't think about them. And so I started thinking about a way to make it unique and the fact that everybody has a birthday and that is a way to approach this by looking at the birthdays of the victims. So I, I actually just started Googling and looking to see if anybody had compiled a database to recognize birthdays of victims of mass shootings or school shootings. I was just going to share the post. I was just thinking of an easy way to do this and I couldn't find anything. Um, eventually I did discover that some of the specific organizations, for instance, Pulse Orlando, has a Facebook page and they recognize the birthdays of their victims, but there was nothing that put them all together. And so I just kind of slowly set out to start recognizing birthdays. And it, it uh, started in June as me just posting on my personal page. And then by August, I created a Facebook page. And in October, I created a, a Twitter account and I've just continued to, to post. So. And what's interesting about it is, is we've had, like you mentioned, we have a lot of mass shootings and there's been this sort of industry memorials that pops up. And so I found it interesting that what you're celebrating is the celebration of when their lives began, not when their lives ended. And I find that very sweet because those families are certainly recognizing those days. You know, when, when loved ones pass on, we remember, we still remember their birthdays. Right. But you had mentioned that Uvalde was the one that got you. And I think everyone has in these in this mass shooting era, starting with Columbine, and I should mention that you were a public school teacher at the time. And so you yes. lived through that change. What do you think it was about Uvalde that cut you deep, that stuck with you? You know, I think probably Sandy Hook affected me the same way. I was just at a slightly different place in my life. Um, I think when Sandy Hook happened, 
we all probably thought this is the worst thing ever and it will never happen again. Um, the fact that something so much like Sandy Hook happened again, uh, including a very young man with a very deadly weapon um, and attacking our most vulnerable uh, citizens in the way that they did in both of those cases. Uh, I think we tend to look at the gun issue and say, there's nothing we can do. These things are gonna happen. But to me, those two cases and, and actually delving into uh, hundreds of these shootings, there clearly are things that can be done. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we're doing a disservice to those victims when we say we can't do anything to stop it. Uh, we clearly can. And you call it the birthday fairy and there's a, a, a sweet story behind that. So explain where the name, the birthday fairy came from, which is what you call the project, both um, on, right. on your Facebook page, the birthday fairy, and then you have a Twitter account that's tied to that too. Yes. So uh, my mom, a little later in her life, when her kids were grown, one of the things she started doing for our kids and then for us, and eventually it became something she did for friends and friends of friends. Uh, she would call people she didn't even know, but uh, she started just maintaining a calendar and she would call people on their birthday and she would sing and she would sing the birthday song and she would sign off with, this is the birthday fairy, toodaloodaloo. Uh, she didn't particularly even want to have a conversation with them. She would call people, like I said, that she didn't know and they wouldn't have any idea who it was, but you know, her coworkers and her friends would put her up to calling them. Um, one of her friends even had a, a sister who was a retired police detective and you know, he had her call and, and it kind of sent her into a spin about who is this person calling me on my birthday, you know. Uh, it was just kind of a funny thing that went on for years. So eventually it was kind of organic. I think maybe my idea of recognizing birthdays was came from my mom, uh, who we lost a couple of years ago. And um, so I think in a way it organically kind of became an idea that I had. Uh, so then when I went from posting on my personal page to actually creating a Facebook page, I was actually, we were at our lake house on Ten Killer, sitting around with both my brother and his wife and, and my husband, Jeff. And, uh, you know, I was saying, I think I'm going to go ahead and try to make this a page and, you know, try to publicize it a little more. Uh, it was actually my husband's idea, you know, just go ahead and call it the birthday fairy, you know, because that's really what, that's who your mom was. And, and that's, uh, you know, a fitting tribute to her. Tell people what her, she had a signature sign off, like after all these, she would sing. And then what was it she would say? It was, this is the birthday fairy, toodaloodaloo. Um, so I, I shortened it to toodaloo uh, in the, in the Twitter uh, account, but you know, she would just, she was very exuberant. Uh, if you, if you'd ever met her, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. She was a little over the top. Well, this is a good place. Where, um, what is the Twitter handle? So if people wanted to follow you on Twitter or follow this project on Twitter, what is that? So I would have made it simpler, but the birthday fairy was already taken on Twitter. So I did the initials TBFP, the birthday fairy project, and then added the toodle-oo. So it's T 
T-B-F-P-T-O-O-D-L-E underscore O-O-O. So toodaloo. Yeah. So, you know, the the post itself, because I've been following it a little while, it has a lot of, it's a celebration of their lives. You include hobbies, you know, what they, their favorite meal, those kind of things. Um, and you don't get that much into how they died. I mean, sometimes you do just to provide, I think, context. Um, they died on this date. If there was something unusual, just to kind of, because we have, I mean, honestly, we have so many that I think you have to almost remind people what was this shooting? Where was this at? And some people are going to look at that as, um, or this whole thing as political. It's almost gotten to the point in our culture where if you bring up anything, they're going to look at it like anti-gun, pro-gun, like, you know, black or white, you know, that kind of thing. Yes or no. What do you say to people who will view this and say, oh, this is clearly some liberal anti-gun project? I mean, what's your response to that? Well, I think the fact that I I own guns uh, should carry some weight, perhaps. Um, you know, we I've grown up with guns in my house my entire life. My dad owned an archery shop. He was a hunter and a sportsman. My brother and I ran around the woods in our in our you know neighborhood growing up with BB guns and pellet guns, and you know, so I've been around guns all my life. I strongly believe that we've been lied to and taught to think that it's very black and white and it's not black and white there are common sense things that we can do that will make a huge difference so i'm not anti-gun i am pro-gun safety and i'm also pro reasonable reforms there are a lot of common sense reforms that we don't enact because we think any kind of restriction or uh, a waiting period or a red flag or you know any of these reasonable things, we think somehow are a violation of our rights. And I, I believe those are things that protect our innocent uh, citizens like those kids at Uvalde and Sandy Hook. But what's interesting is that you, you sort of purposely keep off gun debate on the, the notes because the, right. the posts are clearly about these people. And that's what I, I, I enjoy it for that reason. It's also, it's bittersweet because, you know, they're no longer here. And you said that some of the, you've had, you've, you've had when we spoke before, um, only positive interactions with families of victims that for a while you were worried how that might be viewed, but and, and I started thinking about it, like if it were my loved one, I would be grateful that someone's remembering their them. They're not right. a number because now we're getting into statistics. And that's what I love about this. There was one day there were seven on, had the same birthday, seven victims had the same yes. birthday. And that gets sad. But can you talk a little bit, what are some of the, the interactions you've had with victims, the families of victims that stick with you, maybe give you uh, motivation to keep going? Because I know this takes time to, to research and, and do it. It does. Um, and, and like you said, I was a little hesitant at first. I, I didn't want anybody to think I was trying to, you know, get close to their tragedy or anything like that. I really just want to do it from a more, you know, uh, in some ways distant uh, perspective. But I, I have had some family members contact me and, uh, one of those was the sister of Rachel Devino, who died at Sandy Hook. Um, and 
this has been a tough time for them because it's, you know, they just mm -hmm. had the 10 year anniversary of that shooting. And one of the things that she said that really stuck with me, and, and I got her permission to share uh, before mm -hmm. because I, I used this in one of my uh, posts uh, for the 10 year anniversary. Mm -hmm. She said, all I want is for Rachel to be a person, not a number. And I think that to me, it was kind of like, you know, a bell went off when she said that, but it was really just because she was putting probably what motivated me to do it in the first place. She was putting it into such clear language uh, that by not recognizing the date of the shooting and massing all those people together and say, you know, 10 died or 21 died or whatever, and you become a number, you become a statistic uh, by recognizing the birthday, you get to, you know, delve into the individual removed from all those other victims just as a person. And that's why I like, you know, throwing in tidbits uh, of, you know, little things uh, about them that were unique. And um, another one that I uh, had an interaction with was the mother of a girl that died at Aurora. I think we all remember that was the, uh, the theater shooting in Aurora. And uh, this young lady, um, her name was Jessica Gawi, and she, um, she was a college student, an aspiring journalist, had everything in front of her. And uh, her mom said something else that kind of uh, stuck with me as far as driving home what these families deal with. She said, I divide everything about my life into the time before the phone call and after the phone call. And, you know, everything about her, she said, is really gone from before. Um, all her hopes and dreams for her daughter, Jessica. Um, and it's interesting, uh, not everybody can do this, but uh, Jessica's parents have since totally reshaped their life. They founded a group called Survivors Empowered, and they have devoted the rest of their life to helping families in these situations. So when Uvalde happened, they got in their RV and they drove down and were there for weeks, basically just based on their own experiences. And then they've since networked with, you know, lots of organizations, but they try to provide all the things that families need in the wake of these events, just preparing them for the crush of gifts that they're going to get and the people that are going to contact them. You know, there's just so many things about this that they have to deal with in the immediate aftermath. And so they've just devoted the rest of their lives to Survivors Empowered and, and helping families cope with these unique kinds of tragedies. And I think that our country must be unique in that. And that's what I, right. it saddens me to that these exist. I mean, it would be wonderful if you didn't do this, if you didn't have to do right. this, you didn't feel, but it just, I mean, the Aurora, Colorado shooting happened years ago, and you would hope this will be the last one, but we know it's not. Right. And that's why I, I think what you do is so cool in that it's this subtle reminder, this person was born on this date. Right. This is what this person's life was, and this person's life was cut short. And in many of those cases, things could have been done. And we just, you know, I don't know where this gun debate goes, but this is something that just, it's kind of outside that that says, hey, remember these people. And I love that. So, um, yeah. you know, you said something to me earlier, and I mentioned this in the column this weekend, that this plays also into your favorite poem. 
that you have a last line of a poem that, you know, you, you've, you aren't the parent of someone who, who died. You aren't a family member and yet you feel compelled to this. And I think it plays into that poem. Can you talk a little bit about the poem that you'd mentioned? So, and I will, I will quibble just, it's not my favorite, Okay, (laughs) but it is a poem. It's, it's a poem that I remember reading it when I was in high school. Um, because it drives home a painful reality about human nature and about life. Uh, So it's the last line of Robert Frost, last two lines of Robert Frost out, out. Uh, And they, because they were not the ones dead, returned to their affairs. Uh, I think when I heard that the first time, you know, you kind of try to unpack it and, and understand what you just read. And it's just basically that reality that, you know, that's the cycle of life. Yes. And when somebody dies, we have to get back to the business of living as they say all the time and find our new normal and all those things. Um, I think the birthday fairy is, is in a way an attempt for me to approach this issue and fight against that nature to return to our affairs and you know, discount this as something that's just going to happen that we can't do anything about just by bringing attention. I think I used the image with you in our uh, previous discussion about, I feel like sometimes I'm lighting a match and holding it up in the air and it, you know, it just goes out every time. Um, But it's, it's a fight against that uh, to just, you know, be that little, that little reminder, that little match uh, coming back and recognizing this human being, uh, this is their birthday. They should be this old today. Um, all these shootings are recent enough that the vast majority of these victims would still be thriving. And many of them would be just now reaching adulthood or, you know. Um, so it, it just kind of brings that reality to, you know, if not for this horrible mass shooting, if this 17-year-old kid didn't have access to an AR-15, um, then this person would be here, they'd be this old, and you know who knows what they'd be doing today. So. Well, and you know what that poem talks about, that human nature of returning, but those parents never do. The families right. never return to normal. There's, you know, anytime there's violence, you know, in a family, there's that before and after. And so you're right, it's that, that poem almost is kind of like, well, that's what happens, but maybe we shouldn't. Maybe that Robert right. Frost meant, you know, there is something more we can do. So, so final question, and um, and please, I hope everybody reads the column and follows the birthday fairy because it's uh, I find it inspirational because I fi- I learn about these people all over again sometimes. Uh, Holocaust survivor who saved twenty two kids. I mean, in, in Virginia Tech. I mean, that's you know, it's worth remembering them. So my last question is, um, you know, what do you hope people get out of this? The people who will follow and find you, what what do you hope that they leave after reading some of these profiles? I think first and foremost, and, and that's where we've, we kind of dabbled and, and talked around it. I've struggled with how much to include about uh, the shooting itself, Be- because first and foremost, I do want to honor their life. That is my primary goal. Uh, there's a common hashtag in uh, these 
uh, victims groups remember their names, including, we haven't mentioned this issue, uh, something that I definitely never do is mention the name of the shooter. Um, so it's kind of to counteract that the publicity that the shooter gets, I frequently find when I research, I have trouble finding good information sometimes about the victim, but I can find dozens of photos and full bios and article after article about the perpetrator. That is frustrating. And it's frustrating for the families of these victims that the shooter gets remembered more than their loved one because it's the shooter and then it's the statistic. And, and that unfortunately is, is what the mass uh, consumption you know, for public news, that's what they remember. Uh, so first and foremost, it's to shine that light. That's a phrase I use over and over again, to shine a light on the lives of the victims. Uh, one at a time. Another kind of tagline I've used um, in trying to promote the page is that every day is the birthday of a victim of gun violence. And if I included all gun violence, I would have hundreds every day. I have limited my approach to mass shooting victims. And, you know, even at that, I'm frequently doing multiple per day. But just driving home that, again, kind of going back to what we touched on a minute ago, uh, when an event like this happens, we all see the headlines and we're a little bit consumed with it for a, maybe a week even. And then we forget and we think there's nothing we can do about it. So the daily reminder is the other thing that I'm trying to achieve is just to remind people that every day is the birthday of a victim. Even though every day is not the anniversary of an event, every day is the birthday of a victim. And in doing that, you know, I'm reminding them that the family member, you know, is that whole ripple effect of people who were affected by that loss are, are living through that today. I, I appreciate you doing the project. I, I did the column on it because I think more people need to follow it. I think it's a reminder of why we have to have the hard discussions around yeah. gun reform. And, um, and I'm glad you're doing it. So ask all the readers, read the column, follow her. And I appreciate it. Thank you very Absolutely. much. For your Thank time. you so much for, for giving it the attention. Um, I, I truly appreciate it.